This is the Word of God from the household of David Church. It is a message designed to raise men after God's own heart. Listen and be blessed. <laughs> Let's read Exodus chapter 4. Uh, the Bible says, Exodus chapter 4, I want to read from verse 2. And the Lord said to him, what is that in thy hand? And he said, the rod. You know, <laughs> it's very strange to see God ask a man question. What is that in your hand? As if God didn't see what was in his hand. Somebody said that when God asks you a question, he's calling your attention to something. It is true. Because he knows all things and there's no point asking man. When God asked Adam, Adam, where are thou? He wanted Adam to understand that a shift had taken place from divine presence to carnal man. So God asked Moses, it's... Oh, wow. Thank you. You can have your seat. God bless you. Hallelujah. What is that in your hand? And Moses said, a rod. A rod. And he said, cast it to the ground. And he cast it to the ground. And it became a serpent. And Moses fled from it. And the Lord said to Moses, Put forth thy hand now, and take it by the tail. And he put up his hand, and cut it. And it became a rod in his hand. I want to call your attention to verse 20, ahead of time. But we are coming back there. Verse 20 of this same chapter says, And Moses took his wife, and his sons and set them upon an ass and he returned to the land of Egypt then the Bible decided to add so many more threats and Moses took the rod of God the rod moved from the rod of Moses to the rod of God within the same chapter few verses earlier it was the rod of Moses later it, now it has become the rod of God the rod of Moses. The rod of God. Why did God tell Moses to drop it? And then it became serpent. God does not play games with a man. And God does not waste time. Miracles are not for open show. Every miracle in the Bible is a statement towards something. God does miracles to show his love or to point to attention to something. So when God said to Moses drop the rod. God was not playing tricks with Moses to show him the latest magical power in town. That wasn't what God was doing. Every miracle of God happened literally then. But beyond what happened then, there is always a message from every miracle. So God used Moses or whatever transpired between himself and Moses to communicate a message to every one of us about what is called the rod. And then, the power of God. What is a rod? A rod represents your identity. Moses was a shepherd. So he was using a rod. If I see with stethoscope, I will know you are probably a doctor or something like that. If you wear uniform, military uniform, then you are a soldier or naval officer or whatever. If I say you, or if we saw them, we don't know them now, with a chalk, a teacher. I don't know whether they are still using chalk now. I, I, I mean, I'm less school see. So, I don't know whether they use tab everybody everywhere now. Or they use some private primary school. I think they use marker and some other things to write on the wall. So, if we see a microphone with you, you are likely to be a singer or a speaker. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. There is a way when you are at the airport, I will see a pilot pass. You are going to release a pilot, it's not a passenger. Your rod is your identity. Your rod also represents your sphere of influence. And your rod represents your income. They are all together in one. Now, what exactly was God telling Moses? <laughs> Hallelujah. There is a secret that every Christian must understand. Apostle Paul called himself a born servant of Christ. 
Philemon 1, Paul. Many times he introduced himself as Paul the Apostle. Paul the servant of Christ. Then he said, Paul, some put as a prisoner. Some other translations say a bond servant. And he used that expression when he was writing to the book of, writing to Philemon, a man. Philemon was a rich man in the time of Paul, who had a servant called Onesimus. And the servants ran away, servants ran away, and Paul met Onesimus somewhere, one of his missionary trips, and he converted Onesimus to Christianity. So he wrote him a letter to return to his master Philemon, and he said, I tell him that every sin you ever committed by running away, let Philemon put it on me. He said, because Philemon himself is my spiritual son. Amen. And he said, Philemon, don't receive him as a runaway slave again. Receive him now as a brother. And he said, if he had done things, just charge it to my account. When I come, I will pay. What a man. Are you getting what I'm saying? So Paul used the word, a bond servant, a prisoner. A prisoner of Jesus Christ. What is the meaning of this? In Exodus 21, they were told around that verse 5 or so. And then I think the same thing is in Deuteronomy 15, verse 17. God told them that when you have a slave, especially if you buy a Hebrew, after seven years, you must let him go. He cannot serve you beyond seven years. And God said, remember you, are, you were slaves in Egypt. This is a law you must obey. God was very tough. tough. He said, you must let go. He said, however, there are some strange servants. When you tell them to go, they can say that my master has been a very good man. I wish all housemates can say that about people. <laughs> you know, some of the people are trying to um, attack the Bible and say, uh, some of these, uh, uh, you know, new, whatever they are, is coming from America and is spreading to Nigeria. Bible supported slavery. That's why I don't like the Bible. God said, servant, obey your masters. God spoke to them what they could understand then. That doesn't mean he supported whatever they were doing. And besides, don't we still have servants? What do they call those who work for God? I did not see those servants. <laughs> and who says slavery has ended? God is still telling civil servants also. Amala is one. That you should obey where you walk. <laughs> that's all. You know, people just look for wherever. Just want anyway. That's not my. Are you with me? <laughs> so, God knew because Paul told them about liberty at the end. But that's not even the concern that we are not debating with anybody. So there's no point in going to all those things. Amen. Anyway, I'm just saying. <laughs> so in some cases, some servants will say. My master is a very good man. Now, this is the seventh year. You have released me, but I am not going. Where else can I go? You have been a wonderful master, so I swear I'm going to live with you for the rest of my life. And the Bible says when your servant does that, you take him and bring him to the elders. That here, yeah, I have obeyed God. I've told him to go. But he says he's not going. And they said that you will take what they call owl and put it, you'll bore a hole here in his ear. Why the hair? Maybe next week we'll talk about the significance of your part of your body. In, in consecrating a priest, the Lord told Moses, bring Aaron and his son to the temple. The most precious blood, you must touch their hair. You must touch their tongue with the blood. And their toes, the ear represents they must be able to hear God. The work of their hand must be purified before God. And the toe represents your part in life. So, ability to hear God, ability to glorify God with the work you do. W O R K. And then the last one, ability to glorify God with your part, your work. W A L K. Did you get that? Because a priest's life must glorify God in those three ramifications. And we have all been made kings and priests. I don't know how much glory Jesus gains from your work. W-O-R-K. And then your work. W-A-L-K. And I don't know how sensitive your, voice, your ears are to his voice. Hallelujah. 
So the same reason that the servant here, that means I listen to the master forever from this moment. I belong to him. His voice now becomes my command and what I live by. And the Bible says, when you do that, you become a born servant forever. Hallelujah. What is the connection to the story we just read? I said God doesn't dramatize to show his power. Uh, it is the devil that does that. If you come around magicians and native daughters, they demonstrate. Satan likes to demonstrate. And empty barrels make a lot of noise. Hallelujah. God is, is not into business of open show. He demonstrates his power when there's need for it. Are you with me? See, the anointing that will manifest through you and heal the sick now, or that will do mighty things, you can speak and the whole creation can stand still at your voice. But three minutes before you speak, you might feel nothing. Are you getting what I'm saying? Because uh, the power does not belong to you, it belongs to God. It flows through you as you yield. Are, are you getting? So, at times that you are watching premiership does not mean you cannot speak words of power. It's just that the premiership might affect your yieldedness at times. Anyway, but are you getting what I'm saying? Anyway, so what exactly was God telling Moses, sir? It's a principle. If your rod will become the rod of God, if you want amazing productivity, and then if you want the life of the Holy Ghost to emanate from your life, Jesus said in John 12, 24, except a corn of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it abides alone. When it dies, it brings forth much fruit. Death forever is the pathway to resurrection. God was trying to do an analogy with Moses. A rod that you don't throw down before me. That means a rod that you don't worship me with and give to me can never become a living thing. When Moses dropped the rod, it became a serpent from ordinary stick or wood to a living thing. And when he picked it up again, it became a rod again. Oh, if we lay our lives down before Jesus Christ, real life comes into your life and resurrection power takes place. Many have not given God their job. Many have not given God their influence. You see, any kind of thing you offer to God can create death. He only accepts what is by the Spirit. And what is by the Spirit, every animal sacrifice in the tabernacle was first of all killed. Are you getting what I'm saying? He never accepted living around from anybody. Because except a corn of wheat falls to the ground. Hallelujah. A time comes that what you do is laid at the feet of the master. Have you given your time, your finance, your influence, your identity truly to Jesus Christ? Has he become the commanding officer of what to do? So you go wherever he says you should go. You do whatever he says you should do. When you do that, there is a new life that comes into everything you do. That is a job that whatever I sent you to, no man can take from you. That's a job that guarantees automatic promotion. Because now you are not just working, you are on a mission for God. You can be a banker that is doing working in a bank to sustain himself. You can be a banker working in a bank for Jesus Christ. Did you hear me now? Hallelujah. You can be a housemaid working for your boss. Or you can be a housemaid working for Jesus Christ. See, the one that is working for the boss, when the boss is not around, you can begin to misbehave. Paul talked about those who work for Christ, there's no eye, there's no eye service. Because whether somebody is watching or not, you will know that you are not working for those, you are working for your master. And this is the dimension. The resurrection power of God wants to come into many things. Why is it that God said to them in Old Testament, Thou shalt serve the Lord thy God, Exodus 23, 25 or so. Thou shalt serve the Lord thy God, He shall bless your bread and water and take sickness away from you. In other words, 
when your body is given to him, it takes sickness away. When it is not offered to God, it stays as a stick. It belongs to you. Believe me sincerely. Many of us call Jesus the Lord of our life, but there are many things we are yet to lay down. I cast my crown before the highest royal fame. I am undone before your glorious majesty. You are the king of kings. When you see Jesus Christ, you will know that all things have to bow before him. In him is life. This is the strange thing. Jesus doesn't teach you things when you see him physically. Whatever he says, whatever he says to you becomes life to you. And you will never forget an encounter with him. You will never forget. If Jesus tells you 33 things, till you are 90, you will remember every one. Because with every word from his mouth comes power. It is stamped in your heart. You will never forget. If somebody says he appeared to me, I can't remember what they said. He did not appear to the apostle. It's impossible. When Paul stood before Agrippa, he said to Agrippa, he recited what Jesus said. I have appeared to you for this purpose. To make you a minister and a witness. Both of the things you have seen and things I will yet show you. I will send you to the Gentiles. I told him to turn them from darkness to life, from power of Satan to power of God, that they might obtain forgiveness so that is in me. Paul recited it accurately as Jesus told him in Acts chapter 9. He was standing before Agrippa many, many years later, yet he could recite every word. Because these are not just teachings. These are words from the master. And he said, the words that I speak to, their spirit and their life. They live inside you, they don't die. Hallelujah. Are you with me? Praise the Lord. So that's, that's just the call tonight. You see, relationships, relationship with God is a deep thing. This is what has to be quickly corrected in Nigerian church and probably American church. God is not a formula. Ah. Oh God. Sir, because people don't know, that is why somebody can be coming for a service and first of all fight usher at the entrance and comes, they just feel that as I begin to pray, we answer. God is not a formula. God is not a thing. God is a person. And he feels what you are saying and what you are doing. When you know, you behave. He taught them that lesson in a very terrible way in Old Testament. The same God told them, he promised and he swore that anytime you carry the Ark of Covenant to a battle, you will win the battle. I don't speak against anything, no. But you see, this is why people think they just attend the Sabbath. Man too can be anointed. People can prove our country. Paul did it. People, Nigerian people now think they can just attend the service, grab an handkerchief that a man of God has prayed over, put it in their pocket, go and leave any hour, and then when they need God, they must show up. I know it's me. And this is the way people are living. They think God is a formula. Now you have the formula. This is the most annoying. Say, this is why at times God can allow James and Peter to be arrested. So that people can know that the best of men, they are still men. It is the reason why something happens to a man of God, popular man of God, everybody starts talking in the country. As if they are not men. You understand what I'm saying? Elisha received double portion of Elijah's authority. Elisha died of sickness. And people just start talking. Oh, that pastor, his wife died. His wife left. Sometimes things don't happen because we've done something wrong. There are things we will never be able to explain until we stand before God. Don't run your mouth and try to explain it. Deuteronomy 29, 29. The sacred things belong to God. The ones that are revealed belong to us. If it does not reveal, there's nothing you can say. But Facebook has told people they want to poke their nose into everything. So when I read it, I begin to laugh. I just see people talking out of the foolishness of their hearts. Because they want to say something. If nothing is revealed to you, it's not an offense. Keep your mouth short. He that keepeth his mouth, keepeth his life. That's what the Bible says. Are you getting what I'm saying? Praise the Lord. Ah, Lord Jesus. God told them that with the Ark of Covenant, victory is guaranteed. 
But they did not know that Ophni and Phinehas were the one carrying the ark. If you read, ah, I see. <laughs> Give me First uh, uh, Samuel chapter four. I didn't plan to, but let's just First Samuel chapter four. It's a very sweet story because they bragged. First Samuel chapter four. Now, only said when they against the Philistine, verse two. Let's read on. And the Philistine put themselves in array against Israel. And when they joined the battle, Israel was smitten before the Philistine. And they slew the army in the field, about 4,000 men. They started the battle and Israel started dying. Then verse 3. And when the people were coming to the camp, the elders of Israel, these were men who understood history. Wherefore are the Lord smitten us today before the Philistine? Let us fed the ark of covenant of the Lord out of Shilon to us. That when he cometh among us, it will save us from the hand of the Philistine. They were talking according to the promise God Himself gave. They said, Why were we defeated? Ah, the ark is not here. Let's go to Shiloh and carry the ark. Verse 4. So the people sent to Shiloh, and they might bring forth the ark of the covenant of the Lord of hosts, which dwelleth between cherubims. And they, this is the error. And the two sons of Eli. Ophni and Phinehas were there with the ark of the covenant of God. And God was looking at the two of them. These are men carrying me. Ophni, you, Phinehas, you. <laughs> and when the ark of the covenant came to the camp, all these men shouted, Ah, may we never be disappointed in life. Yeah. With a great shout, so that the earth rang again. The Bible doesn't exaggerate. When they brought the ark, all the soldiers were like, wow. And they shouted. The ark shook. Now look at what the Philistines said. When the Philistines heard the noise of the shouts, they said, what meaned the noise in the great shout in the camp of the Hebrews? And they understood that the ark of the Lord was come to the camp. Look at the testimony of the enemy. The Philistines were afraid. For they said, God is come. Ah! To the camp. And they said, woe unto us. These were guys on the other side saying that, ah, it don't finish. They said, these are the gods that smote the Egyptians. And with all the plagues in the wilderness, they could remember that Pharaoh with his might couldn't survive this god. Ah, they said, wow. They brought the ark. That's it. But I love what the Philistines did. In life, it is good to have courage. They said, be strong yourself like men. In other words, we know the capacity of the ark. If we die, we die. Let's fight. I am sure whoever said this last word was inspired by God. Because the fight must happen. Often and Phineas must die. A person had gone ahead of them. And they started. The Philistines, I believe they went there with their soul, with fear. They have the ark with them. They have the ark with them. The first one that came out and killed an Israelite and nothing happened. Look at the rest. Are you sure this act they work? And others receive courage. 1,000, 2,000, 3,000. Oh boy. And they finish Israel. And the Philistines captured the ark. But God is mighty. He waited for himself to be captured. <laughs> or the symbol of his presence then. And they took the ark and took it. They, they rejoiced. They got to their town. God was looking at them. And they got to the house of Dagon, their God. That was their own original God. And put the ark before Dagon. That Dagon, see your spoil, oh, that Now don't capture the God of Israel. But the Bible said the following morning. <laughs> they saw Dagon prostrating before the ark. So they carried Dagon and put Dagon back. Then they came out the following day. Dagon was lying down. Now this time around with the head chopper and the hand chopper before God. You know what happened? When they all left, God said to Dagon, they talk saying you'll be God. He said, oh, look at me. Now you, I'm sorry. And he worshiped. He said, Lord, when they will not worship you, me, I will worship you. So when they carried Dagon and put him back, the next night, Dagon, God said, Dagon, so they put him back. He said, oh, God, this time around, I remove my head and my hand. My hand no dead there. And my head, he said, I submit. And the people said, wow. And then God began to move. They just started having a terrible day and they were dying. 
and they consulted the oracle and they said that please return the ark and they said return it with trespass offering you know what bothers me when believers don't know the importance of offering have you read the story of Jonah before when those men carried Jonah Jonah said throw me inside the water and the turbulence will stop and the Bible said they were afraid how can we kill a man we are no murderers now how can we carry you and throw you inside so they tried to stabilize the ship <laughs> the problem increased Jonah said I've told you throw me away or we all die I'm sure one of them must have been in Nigeria and said I beg he told me we throw him <laughs> no 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 baby now <laughs> well normal woman we had America or Britain or anybody will do that so it's not limited to Nigerians Somebody say, yeah. so anybody will do that because they saw that and they kept saying I said throw me inside so they carried Job Bible said they said Lord forgive us for what we are about to do carry Jonah and the guy just landed by and the water stopped the Bible said the men became afraid and they started offering offering to God you see there, there must have been a reason why in the old Anglican I don't know of now but I believe it's the same thing people come to do thanksgiving in church after every victory they dance from the back you give you it's it's a it's a spiritual thing it's a good thing to do our word of faith can rob us of some important virtues some values that we should never let go jesus said we're 10 no cleanse where are the rest this is why i want you to hear me you read the testimony of others something happens you don't want to share we've even made this simple here that you can write your testimony you don't even have to put your name Many of us, good things happen to us. The Bible talks about we should tell publicly of his goodness. We don't share testimony. When will you return to give God praise? So many Christians don't share testimony. Just tell a friend, that ah, this happened to me. But you should talk publicly. It blesses when people read the word the Lord has done for you. It blesses. Are you getting what I'm saying? When a person wrote a testimony... That he went to trade with all his accord. It encouraged someone else in the church and he went to do the same. You should share your testimony. Write it. Every Sunday we should have uh, in we should have a challenge keeping up with all testimonies. God does a lot to people, but we don't talk about it. Hallelujah. And then there is something about a grateful act, apart from giving testimony, give an offering. They are not gimmicks designed by church to collect things from people. These are things you'll find in the Bible. There was not a single time God spoke to Abraham that he did not erect an altar. Did God ask him to do it? No. Why was he doing it? Every encounter with God, he would erect an altar. You know the meaning of that? An animal must go for it. And you were as rich in those days as the number of animals you have. Or you had then. And they would always do that. But now these people don't understand. When Jesus becomes Lord like I was, you will begin to ask God. You don't need any man to talk into anything. You get down to even ask God on a Sunday morning what kind of offering you should give. That is when your money has been conquered by God. It's not a preacher telling you. It's you knowing that this is what God wants me to do. Not that conventionally or culturally or this is how you do it. Once you wake up, you just look for any and put it in your body. That's what you give. Have you, or we, have you tried to ask him? Lord, what do you want me to do? Are you getting what I'm saying? This is very important. Have you asked him which unity he wants you to be? What exactly he wants you to do in church? You know, I have a... I don't know why I should say this right now. It doesn't look like part of the message. I was, I was still telling Director Ayo just before the service. I have a big vision for children in this church. Big vision. And I'm praying in my spirit that Lord, show me who can actually take us there. It actually felt very bad that from January to December last year, we did not organize any party or anything for children. You see, there is a way we can make Christianity look as if it's boring. My own Christianity is not boring. By the grace of God, I spent a lot of time studying and praying. A lot. Praying for one hour per day to me is an insult. But I do understand 
Number one, prayer. I enjoy praying. When I feel weak in the flesh, it becomes like a kind of body at the beginning, but somewhere around 20, 30 minutes into it, it becomes pleasure. Sometimes I say, I want to watch the next match. So I'm going to pray for the next match is in one hour. I'm going to pray from now to then, to the starting match. I'm already praying till the end of first half. I only see second half. But when I was growing up, both in secondary school and university of Ibado, I remember during the holiday, I would stay back in school to argue grace, all these messages, and people give it poetic now. And then only one of us will have money in UI then, but we'll enter it and everybody will eat. You know that kind of I don't know how many. So from that time, we started learning not to depend on money. There was a, a lady in our fellowship. You know the person that oh, she was actually was Joshua said. That she came. You know, she was living in Asu Rock. We, we told BJ then. We were living in Asu Rock. Living in Asu, she used to BJ almost every morning. We were living in Asu Rock. So this British kind of person. So he came to meet me one day. Ah, Pastor, Pastor, I want to tell you something. He's got me. I was a pastor of fellowship in UI. Ah, he said it was a very tough time. That, ah, I was praying and believing God. He said, until God. So the mom just came on unexpectedly to Ibadan. That it was strange. I just wanted to say something big. She was without money for two days. <laughs> I said, Chai. I said, come and ask the veterans <laughs> how to stay without money for one month. <laughs> you, you finish your money on Wednesday and your mom showed up on Friday and Wednesday night to Thursday was a nightmare and you were confessing and, and then God finally answered you by Friday and you came to hear the testimony. Well, I said, well, every testimony should be allowed. I said, oh God. I say it's not an issue with some of us at all. <laughs> we'll dress up, we go for a lecture, we come back, <laughs> we enjoy without anything. You just follow a friend, he will buy food, you eat together, and then you don't know where the next food is coming from, and you are not sad. How many of you experienced that? And now you are a graduate, it's over. Wow. <laughs> but you know, you are at different levels. Hallelujah. She taught me. To learn to be careful of criticism. We're to have a dinner because of our accent and everything. I said, and one girl is a daughter in UK now. I said, they will be the MC of the program. Finally, deny the fellowship. I, felt, I, don't, I don't understand boring Christianity. We had, on Sunday, I spoke about the chaplain, Professor Ibiaga. I got to meet, to meet him. He's now the Anglican Bishop of Enugundausis. Well, the chaplain of UI then. He peeped into the chapel hall. We were having dinner. He said, in my 15 years here, I have never seen this all decorated like this. Well, who are these people? They said, fellowship, campus fellowship. He was shocked. Parents that attended the dinner were like this kind of, and interestingly, you know, in those days, there was no, there were no screens. So it's ribbing, ribbing, ribbing. The guy that did the pastor, Jebakari came for a program. He saw the guy. He told the guy that, sorry, we are doing a decoration lateral. Can you come and do it for us? A student like a psychology interest that was the guy that did this roof. When we moved there, I called him again as a guy. He was my senior two years, my son, psychology. I said, Emmanuel, a church has this roof was not to write to me about that time. And he did it. And he broke the payment that he helped us a lot. In less than one week, they completed this whole thing. They were here, they sold everything inside the church here. He started by joining the department. And I asked him, he said, he had no idea what happened to him. A sister in the fellowship was on his neck to come to fellowship and he did not want to come. He went to Christland in Lagos, he wanted to roam with the big boys and he wanted to join a particular court group. And the day he was supposed to go, this sister prevailed on him, so he decided that he will come to the fellowship at the beginning, make her see him and sneak out to go back to that place. He did. And he got there and there was an attack. I, I, I don't know the details of the story, but I think two people were killed. And it could have been him. God was supposed to be with them. He just fell on his knees for Jesus Christ and that was it. That's why when we tell you that you should be on people, you should invite people to church. People think it's a joke at times. You don't know whose life you are saving. Bring people into God's family. Are you with me? So we used to do all those things like that. So I don't. I have this picture. 
When I look at the children, a church can get to a place where your children's church, spiritually so sound, in terms of how they enjoy being there, it's better than Disney. That they get to school on Monday and tell their colleagues, if you want to have a nice time, come to our church. That is where you are doing the job. I get what I'm saying. People in our church are doing a wonderful job. I'm, I'm, I mean, I thank God for them. How far they've carried the job. I mean, they moved tremendously. But I'm just thinking about what next. And it's not them. I think about that for everybody. But I think about that for myself also. Christianity. One of the reasons why I usually made this announcement is that it stretches your mind. If you are here, maybe I will say this on Sunday, and you are gifted about how to facilitate this for children. And you are still hiding in the crowd for how long? At times, some of the most creative people in the body of Christ like to hide. A church shouldn't do the same thing for too long the same way. What did I tell you this afternoon? I said, deliberate Jesus refused to do two miracles the same way. He saw a blind man today, his part on glam. He saw another one, he said, Go and wash. He saw another one, he actually put his eye there and said, Frater. He saw another one. Different ways, the same situation. Lazarus comfort, no touch. But the guy that died looked at him with a nail. Jesus just stirred the coffee. And he said, young man, arise. Different ways. Why? Number one, you don't, and he answered the question, Pastor, you don't box God. The message of Christ. Honestly, my prayer for me and for every one of us is that God will open our eyes to see Jesus face to face. You will know you have seen creativity at his peak. One year I said as he was talking, I could see the hand vibrating about to create something. Everything about Jesus is never born in. The Bible says in him is life. Life. But see, there is a way we can let our children think that once to mention God is punishment. Do you know this is why at times pastors kids they run away from God? Because all you've shown them is that fasting, prayer, God is so boring that anything that makes you enjoy life, God doesn't want it. But then the Bible says at his right hand there are pleasures forevermore. Why? What made Jesus that kids were always running? You know the Bible says that the disciples had to come and drive away those children. Children never ran away from Jesus Christ. They want the embodiment of God's power. So what power is on you that you squeeze your face day and night? And we thought the squeezing, oh, he'll see, Kiri. Just squeeze. You know. <laughs> have you realized, have you read that there was no, no house just was invited to that it turned down the food? Have you read that one? Honestly, we have not started church. When Jesus wanted to fast, he went to the wilderness. But when he visited people, I never told anybody that anger where I can't eat. As they put the food before him, he ate, and he would dominate the conversation. He said, "Simon, Simon, when the woman poured the oil, he said, I know what you are thinking. Ah, oh, what a, what a Lord, what, what a master. I mean, just." And the Christians will go to someone's house with their Bible under the armpit. How are you? <laughs> that's not that's not the master we need to start changing this you know, in the afternoon I was praying I don't know what prompted me to even start I just said I, want, I was going to check how many times they ate in that apostle go and check the bible said they were eating their bread from house to house I submit to anybody without fear of contradiction out of apostle eating was part of their doctrine it was given an impression if you read chapter 2, 3, and 4 as if they never met without eating. There is something about brethren that God, honestly, and our fellowship in UI, we almost got there, sincerely. I remember dinner time. Somebody will have a tie. Somebody will have suit. Brother, well, you remember? You remember? I we used to combine things. Oh, you have a blue tie. I need a blue tie. I have a yellow. I do. I never. What now look like <laughs> Amen. 
after exams, we could sleep. I mean, we would talk till midnight and fall asleep in someone's room. And I remember by four o'clock in the morning, just see somebody praying in tongues. Another person will join. Then somebody will go outside to go and do his own prayer. And then, just very wonderful. I remember I challenged people in UI then also. I was the president of the Joint Coastal Fellowship in UI. And I used to play long tennis. And I noticed that all the people I was playing with were unbelievers. So I said, the Bible said the art is the Lord and the fullness thereof. You go to beach, it's naked people you see there. You go to mountain, it's people you say, where are God's people? When are you going to enjoy what your Heavenly Father created? You know, believers don't do recreation. We have left it to other people. So we move away from all those things. What God doesn't want is for us to start sinning. But there is an enjoyment that does not have anything to do with sin. You can challenge your husband in a game of chess and beat him. And ask the children to be umpires. Enjoy. Oh God. You see, if you do this, you will not even be committing sin. A time comes that when service ends on Sunday, everyone who does their food, maybe when we build an auditorium, we should also have a counting. And nobody's been, you don't know the difference between those who are there to pay and those who are being paid for. Because we also don't put anybody on the spot. So maybe we just make some cards available. If you have money, you buy the card. If you don't have money, you pay the card for free. But when you get to the dining hall, everybody presents a card. So you don't know who is paying and who is not paying. We can, we can, Sunday evening, you can go and call a Christian brother and go and play long tennis together. You can call a man and his wife. You can go. Oh, there's no program this Sunday evening. Let's just go out. And while you are there, talk to somebody about you. It takes less than five minutes to reach out to somebody. And then continue what you are there for. I want the children and the church to grow up and love Jesus and love church. I said, Lord, if you give us acres upon acres on land, we will have a recreation center. On Saturday, even if you are not a member of the church, people come with their kids. We don't have such parks in Nigeria, but they have them abroad. When I'm away and I look at parks and I see rec- parks where people come to on Saturday and on Sunday morning just to play around. And I said, a church can create one. Maybe where you have table tennis, you have long tennis, so you have everything there. One of the things I've, I've been saying, let's say, what stops us from getting bouncing castles? We have not built now, but that doesn't stop us from doing certain things now. One Saturday, let's do a fun store for our children here. Let them come in. Let's rent all these uh, plastic cars and let them, let them do things. And then teach them a lesson they will never forget. When I went to Jealousy Church for the first time, I've been there a couple of times. The first time I went to Lakewood Church in New City. They forced it as I arrived late, so I started at the back. When the service ended, I just said, only thing I want, I want to see their children's departments. I was moved. Then one day I told myself about David were in Texas. I also said, I said, let's go to Dallas, City J's church on Sunday. So as soon as the service I told about David, let's go and look at their children's church. They said, you don't have children, you cannot enter. But we begged those people, wanted to see their children's church. I have said what I've said now. Not I just use a department as an example, but whatever you do in church for God, can you be so creative about it and make it wonderful? It is normal for women to want to do things the same way, just say it's church. There is that thing. The first time Reverend Sam spoke about the fact that churches should have AC. It was only people that pioneered that in Lagos. The Dickens fought him. That is it not church. Why is that when it comes to God? You know, many of them are very close to me. I'm not on this, I'm not the strict type. But once in a while, something do get after service on one, Sunday. The captain was there. I went to preach somewhere on the second row, like this Sunday afternoon. The girl brought out her phone and she was answering the call. I thought I said, Excuse me, drop that phone, don't do that here. And she was I, I didn't look at her, I didn't care about second row. I was preaching and you were answering call right inside the church there. There's something that makes people think that when it is God. So that, that was what the deacon told that is it not church? I said, I told Lord, I said, you, I've been to your office, but I don't get AC for your office. He said, what about you? 
And finally, they decided to. When I watch Olympics, I've seen the part of this Europe stop now. Uh, European nations are going on. After first half, when I'm looking at analysis, the studio, someone just asked myself, oh God, I don't know Pastor Paul Adefarasi personally, but I am proud of the experience that no concert in Nigeria beats it. I saw a magazine, Rotman said that they did a concert, there were 5,000, said the largest concert in Africa. I said, look at these funny people. They were aware, but they were just trying to deny it. Where 500,000 the people giving this out to people, the last one that they were all there. People identified with something, even area boys joined, they controlled the traffic and everything there. I love the fact that a Nigerian child did the concert. Americans came there and they enjoyed it. Because a name is life. It is true. The thing they saw in Daniel repeatedly was called excellent spirits. Every Christian can demonstrate excellent spirits. Even if they give you a classroom to teach you, there is a way that those children don't forget to forever. Even if you just add a moment with them. But you can go in a, as a man who can just go there. You're already angry. You say, I should teach them. Just say something to them. <laughs> and then you walk out. But then you, you, consider, you consider every opportunity among these kids. One of them is going to be president. One of them is going to be a governor. One of them is going to be a husband. One of them is going to be a businessman. The names we hear now, they were one time small like these people. Can I invest my life into teaching them something? Maybe in 30 years' time, some of these kids will quote me that my life changed when a woman came to our class and said this and this and this. And the day it meets you, you are blessed. This is how life should be. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, I learned that 400 million people watch the last uh, El Clasico. 400 million people. I don't know of any Christian program that has attracted over 60 million people to watch life. We have work to do. We have work to do. Rick Warren said that my greatest pain is that a product, they will be lying to you on screen about a product, about what it cannot do. But they will say it can do it. You know what is built on fallacy. So, somebody takes a, a, a product and then a particular toothpaste, somebody takes it and then all the girls in there are liking him. And so, is that how they like people? <laughs> you know, he will just enter office and he will show his white teeth and they will say, oh, no. <laughs> go, go, go and show your white teeth. <laughs> Hope you won't receive a slap. <laughs> you know, we know these things are not true. But they... And he said it's painful that they do what is not real for what is not real. He said, but we don't do what is real for what is real. He said, look at the advert of Jesus. Look at signboard where they're talking about Jesus. Some are worn out. Is that the word of our king to us? If you think anything spent on Jesus is a waste, then please don't go to heaven because the streets are of gold. If I should suspect you, might start removing it. <laughs> I'm thinking I don't show the way you can sell to somebody. <laughs> it tells about God. Read Revelation and see how the trees, how they, are, they line up with fruits. There's something about God. Sir, God created one man and put him in the midst of four rivers. One man. And one of the rivers had gold. One man. God did not create an apartment. He gave him a garden for one man. It shows that the way that you know God is not a president, he's a king. Oh God. Let's rise. President don't have power. At least in a nation, they are supposed to follow, they are supposed to follow constitution all over the world. But most African leaders don't. But a king has absolute power. A king does not say, Welcome to our town. It's my town. That's how they talk. And the king owns everything. He owns everything. So you cannot negotiate with the king. He owns you and your land. So you live because he wants you to live. That's the king. Well, monarchical power is not good for mortal man. Man is too corrupt to wield that kind of power. They will destroy lives. 
Yes. Even in the midst of democracy all over the world, see what we are seeing. Now imagine absolute power in one man's hand. Have you heard me tonight? You are blessed in Jesus' name. Lift up your hands. Can you in a minute ask God? Excellent spirit he has put in you will manifest in what you do. Pray about it. There is no product or anything that any one of here, any one of us here is doing that cannot be exceptional. Take advantage of this moment and pray. Lord, I ask for this excellent spirit that I already have in Christ who manifests. Let it not just be somewhere there inside my spirit hiding there. Let it manifest in my daily life. When you dress in an excellent way, when you speak in an excellent way, when people visit your home, your shop, your office, they testify to the Father you are an excellent person in what they see. be your name father we give you all the glory praise be to your name father in Jesus mighty name somebody shout a louder amen, amen. hallelujah Hello. we don't want this to end without giving you an opportunity to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life you know um, after listening to God's word like this and you have never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, it's an opportunity to come to him and it's a simple process because he has made all things available. I want to employ you now to give your heart to Christ and by saying these words, because giving your heart to Christ must be done consciously. He has paid the price. Say after me, say, Lord Jesus, I come to you. I believe that you died for me and that you rose again. I believe that you shed your blood for my justification. I accept your finished work right now, and I confess that you are the Lord of my life. I believe in you. Thank you, Jesus. If you have said those words, you are actually born again, a new creation in Christ.